Good morning. Today's uh, scripture reading comes from Acts 18, 1 through 11. <clears throat> then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived in Italy or from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had been expelled from Italy as a result of Claudius Caesar's order to depart all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, uh, for they were tent makers, just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue, trying to convince the Jews and the Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent his full time preaching and testifying (coughs) to the Jews, teaching them. Uh, The Messiah you are looking for is Jesus. But when the Jews opposed him and insulted him, Paul shook off the dust from his robe and said, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. After that, he stayed with Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshipped God and lived next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and all his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also believed and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you. And and no one will harm you because many people here in this city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half teaching the word of God. Does anybody uh, remember way back this thing that was called a personal letter? It was uh, a thing where you would take a pencil or a pen and hold it in your hand, find a piece of paper and put it before you. And actually, with your own hand, you would write words and thoughts on that piece of paper. And then you would fold the piece of paper, slip it into an envelope, put a stamp up in the right-hand corner, place that envelope in the mailbox, and let the Postal Service deliver it for you. We called it a personal letter. Do you remember that? It was an amazing thing. The writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament are called epistles. And that's a word that means letter. So really what we call books, you know, the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, the book of Colossians, etc. They were really letters. Letters written by the Apostle Paul. And today we're going to start a series going through one of those letters. And it's a very personal letter. Second Corinthians, it's called. So if you would open your Bibles to Second. Corinthians. This is going to be a fairly long series. 
It's going to be 18 studies, so we really won't finish it till the first or second week of June. So we'll start in the winter, and we'll end in the first part of the summer. But we will go through this entire personal letter called Second Corinthians. If you're there, let me read the first few verses of this letter. Second Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for all the different truths that we find in your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul and the work, the amazing work that you did in his life and then through his life. Father, thank you for uh, the letters that you led him to write and uh, the opportunity we have to study them, to learn them, and to see the heart of the Apostle Paul, knowing that these are things you put on his heart. Father, I pray that as we begin this series, as we just get an idea of what's ahead, as we uh, introduce this series today, Father, even in that, could you uh, whet our appetites? Could you uh, cause us to be eager to uh, study this letter and uh, even speak to our hearts in some way through this simple introduction? That would be our desire, Father. In Christ's name, amen. As you see um, in the beginning of this letter, it's the Apostle Paul. He identifies himself uh, immediately as the writer. And then he also says that Timothy is with him. Timothy was a young uh, man, and uh, Paul had helped him come to Christ, and he periodically would travel with the Apostle Paul. So he is apparently with him at this point, and so he begins Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. And he's writing to a church, the church of God in Corinth. Corinth was a city uh, in the southern region of Greece. That region was called Achaia. And uh, maybe 40-some miles from Athens, which you're familiar with, uh, was the city of Corinth. Uh, if you want, I'm not going to take the time, but if you want, uh, you could Google Corinth, uh, and specifically Corinth in New Testament days, and you could learn about Corinth, the kind of city it was, its reputation, its culture, uh, what the people were like, uh, that type of thing. If you want to kind of get an uh, idea of this city that the people live in that Paul is writing to, it's the church at Corinth. So it's it's a group of believers uh, called the church in that city of Corinth. Paul had a history with these people. And I think it's really important to just very quickly run through this history with you that leads up to the writing of this letter. So, um, today, you're really going to have to follow along on your study sheet because there's a lot of information I'm going to take you through quickly, and uh, it'll really help you to follow along. 
And then you can uh, think on it and check on it a little more on your own using the sheets. But let me give you a little history of Paul and the Corinthian church. First of all, uh, Tim just read for us how the history uh, between Paul and this church started. We see it recorded there in Acts 18. Paul went to Corinth. He spent a year and a half there. And during that year and a half, he preached the gospel, of course. Uh, he, he preached in the Jewish synagogue. Eventually, he ended up preaching in a home. And as a result, we find that many people came to Christ, Jewish people, as well as Gentile people. And so, before Paul left, he established this church. So it's made up of Jewish Christians, new believers, and Gentile Christians, new believers. And it was called the church at Corinth. After a year and a half, he left. When we begin to put some scriptures together, from 2 Corinthians especially, we find that shortly after Paul left, he had been there in uh, 50 A.D., and then a year and a half after that, so in 51 A.D. something, um, he uh, left and he started hearing some things about a situation in the Corinthian church, uh, a situation that concerned him deeply. And actually, if you go to 1 Corinthians, you can see what this situation was. It had to do with sexual immorality. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the first letter to that church that's recorded in Scripture, the first couple of verses describe this situation that Paul had heard about. It says, it is actually reported there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. That means it was really serious. It was really blatant. This was a practice of sexual immorality that even was not acceptable among the unbelievers in Corinth. And Corinth, if you Google it, was known for its immorality. It was even part of their religion. Uh, immorality was just normal. But there's a man in the church in Corinth who's involved in sexual immorality that even the unbelievers in this immoral city have a hard time with. So he says, it's a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. And here it is. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. So he's having this sexual relationship with, what, his stepmother or uh, however you would call it today. And that's not the only problem. As serious as that is, he says in verse 2, and you are proud, which is interesting. They are proud of the fact that they're allowing this man to do this. And he says, shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning? You should be mourning this. You should be grieving that this is happening. And you should have addressed it. You should have had this man leave your fellowship. And so that is the situation he's heard about. And what Paul does then, upon hearing about this, is he sends a letter. It's a letter that is not recorded in Scripture. But we find indication of it in, 
in uh, chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians. He refers to this letter he sent about this situation. And uh, he sends it. And all the letter did was confuse the people. They misunderstood it. They did nothing. They didn't respond to it at all. And they allowed this to go on. Shortly after that, in about 55 A.D., Paul writes another letter, only it's a longer one, and it's in our Bible. It's called 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, this letter, he addresses multiple issues in that church. But when you come to chapter 5, which I just showed you, he comes back to that situation. Because they didn't respond. They didn't do anything about it after this letter he had sent, expressing concern. And so... In this first Corinthians that's in Scripture, he has to deal with that situation again and give them instruction and actually rebuke them for their pride and their unwillingness to deal with this. Nothing happens. Once again, they don't do anything about this situation. And so according to 2 Corinthians... Paul decides to make a visit. So he goes back to Corinth. Uh, he calls it a painful visit. And we'll see where he says that in the weeks ahead. But he calls it a painful visit. It wasn't a good visit. It didn't go well. It was brief. And the Corinthians did nothing about the situation, even after this personal, painful visit. Well, after this visit and the fact that the Corinthians didn't do anything about the situation, Paul writes another letter about that situation, and he calls it a severe letter. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians 2. He says in uh, verse 1, So I made up my mind that I would not make another painful visit to you. I decided that wasn't something that's going to help. didn't work the first time. So he says, I decided I would not make another painful visit to you. For if I grieve you, who's left to make me glad but you whom I've grieved? I wrote as I did. So that when I came, I would not be distressed by those who should have made me rejoice. And he goes on to say, I wrote you out of this um, anguish of heart as to what's going on, and, and you don't address it. And uh, so he writes this other letter instead of going back to visit them. And he calls it a severe letter later in Second Corinthians. Then, after sending the severe letter in about 56 A.D., he decides to write another lengthier letter. And it's in our scriptures called 2 Corinthians. And uh, that's what we're going to look through. So you kind of need to be aware of this five to six year history that Paul had with the 
Corinthian church. And now he writes this letter that's in our scriptures called Second Corinthians. What are we going to find there? I just want to introduce this to you so you know what's ahead. What are we going to find in Second Corinthians as we work through it? Well, first of all, we're going to find Paul following up on a couple things. First of all, he is going to follow up on this severe letter that he wrote about this um, sexual immorality issue going on in the church. He's going to follow up on what happened as a result of that severe letter. Secondly, he's going to follow up on a commitment that the Corinthian church had made concerning a contribution to the churches, the Christians, back in Jerusalem. Apparently, um, the churches back in Jerusalem have fallen on hard times. There's a lot of poverty that has uh, come to be, and Paul has tried to get churches in other parts of the known world to contribute to helping these Christians in Jerusalem. And apparently the Corinthian church had made a commitment to be part of this, that they were going to help with a contribution. And so in chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, he follows up on that commitment because they haven't followed through yet. And so um, those two chapters have his follow-up to that. Chapter 2 and 7 follow up on this situation he's been trying to deal with for five years or so in the church. So one of the things we're going to find is how he follows up on those two situations. The other thing we're going to see, and there's a lot of it in this uh, letter, is Paul is going to be responding to criticism. During these five or six years, uh, there has been a lot of criticism of Paul that begins to surface, and he's hearing about it. Um, there are a lot of false accusations toward Paul. And they're false. They're not true. But they're being spread. And these are coming from people outside the church in Corinth, mainly uh, false teachers. Paul calls them deceitful workers. He calls them uh, pretenders. He calls them false apostles. But somebody has come into Corinth and has begun to criticize Paul and present all these accusations against him. And what's happening is now there are people in the church in Corinth who are starting to believe these accusations. And they're starting to criticize Paul along with these others who have come into the city. And Paul is being criticized for all kinds of things. Uh, they are accusing him of things concerning his character, concerning his motives in ministry, even concerning his speech and his appearance. They're questioning whether Paul is even a real apostle. They're questioning his credibility, the way he does his ministry about everything they could think of, they're criticizing Paul for. And people in the church at Corinth are starting to wonder and maybe even believe some of these criticisms. And so in this letter, 
we're going to find him often addressing the criticism and the accusations. We're also going to see Paul suggesting that this is very uncomfortable for him. It's very uncomfortable for him to have to defend himself. He doesn't want to do it, but he does it. It's become that serious. And so we're going to see a lot of how he does this, how he addresses the criticism and the accusations. And then the third thing we're going to see is how Paul shares very personal things. This is the most personal letter Paul ever wrote that's recorded in our Bibles. It is very personal. Uh, Just some examples. He's going to share deep feelings toward the Corinthian church and those people. He is going to talk in detail about the suffering that he experiences as an apostle. He's going to be very detailed about what it's like to be the Apostle Paul and the suffering that he experiences. He's going to talk about internal and external pressures on him. And he says they are daily pressures. And he's going to be honest with them. What it's like to have all this pressure from the inside and from the outside. He's going to talk about his motives. And he's going to be very clear about what his motives are in his ministry. He's going to share his weaknesses. Something men don't do very often. And for sure, an apostle as well known as Paul. But in this letter, he is going to share his weaknesses. In fact, he will share with these people one that he calls a thorn in the flesh. He will also share about an experience he had that he hadn't shared with anybody else. Uh, An experience he had that uh, people might not believe if they heard it. But he thinks it's important to be up front and share this experience, uh, a vision. He's not even sure what happened, but he's going to share that. He's actually going to talk about inadequacy, which is pretty personal to talk about your inadequacies, or at least the feelings of inadequacy. He's even going to talk about his fears. I'm I'm aware of only two places in Scripture where the Apostle Paul admits to fears, and one of those is here in 2 Corinthians. But it's a very personal letter, so he's going to share a fear that he has. He's also going to talk about how there have been times when he's been tempted to lose heart. 
in his ministry. That's pretty personal. He's going to admit that he has felt overwhelmed because of things that he has to experience. And you're probably already thinking, oh, I can identify with a lot of that. Well, you're going to see how Paul shares it. It is the most personal letter from Paul that we have in Scripture. So that's what we have to look forward to. We're going to see how he follows up on this five or six year effort to get the Corinthians to address this one situation. He's going to follow up on this commitment that they made toward giving and helping other Christians. He's going to talk a lot about the criticism, a lot about the false accusations. And he's going to be very personal, very personal. Now, if you would focus your attention to the bottom of your study sheet. As we enter this series, I want you to be thinking about needs that you have in your life right now. The possibilities are pretty wide and numerous, right? But I want you to think about needs that you're experiencing right now. And I want you to look at a list at the bottom of your sheet of all the needs that Paul will be addressing. All of these needs will be addressed somehow in this letter to the Corinthians. So let me just take you through it. Here are the subjects that will be covered in this Study. The need for comfort. Do you need comfort right now? That's going to be the first thing Paul talks about. And we'll look at that next week. The need for comfort. He'll talk about the need for understanding and the ability to cope with suffering and affliction. Maybe that's a need you have right now. Maybe your need is to forgive and reaffirm love to someone. Paul's going to talk about that. Maybe your need is to receive new life through salvation. Maybe you don't know Christ. Paul's going to talk a lot about that and how you come to know Christ and why that's so important. Maybe you have a need to deal with feelings of inadequacy or to be a better witness and testimony to others, to be less influenced by the world, to live a more holy life. If any of those are your needs, Paul's going to address that. He's going to talk about that in this letter. Maybe you have needs for victory over discouragement or help in dealing with false accusations and criticism. Well, those subjects come up in this letter. There's the need to understand why God doesn't seem to answer our prayers. The need to learn more about death and judgment. The need for motivation to be a giving person or to have a new vitality in your ministry. Those subjects will be 
addressed in this letter. Maybe there's the need to have a better ability to discern false teaching, how to tell the difference between false teaching and true teaching. Maybe there's the need to get back to a simple devotion to Christ. Paul talks about that. Or to stop comparing yourself with others. Paul talks about that. Maybe you have a need to learn how to battle attacks on your mind. Or a need to genuinely repent of sin. Or maybe you need the ability to accept weaknesses and move on. Or the need for the awareness of Satan's activity in all of the above, all of those situations. In this one letter of 13 chapters, which when Paul wrote it on a piece of parchment, there weren't 13 chapters. It was just one letter. But you'll notice in this letter, all of those subjects will be talked about. So you have an idea, before we even get going, the kinds of things we'll be talking about and seeing how Paul presents them as we go through this letter. So I would like you to do something in the next couple minutes. If you have a study sheet, I hope you do, um, I want you to very quickly skim through that list of subjects that 2 Corinthians will bring up. And as you skim through them, if you have one of those things called a pencil or a pen, if you could just put a check, some kind of mark, by the needs, those subjects that you feel apply to you right now, they're relevant, you need to hear what Paul says about those needs, those subjects. Just skim through the list, quickly mark the ones that you feel are relevant needs in your life right now. Give you a minute to do that. And then if you've done that, I'd like you to skim through them again. Stop at each one that you marked and just breathe a prayer to the Lord that he would somehow choose to meet your need in that area through this study. Ask him to help you in that area of need through this study. I hope that this brief introduction, overview, um, 
knowledge of some of the things that we're going to talk about in these 18 weeks um, has whet your appetite and that you will come back and you'll stick with us as we work through this very personal letter that Paul wrote. Let's pray. Our Father, um, we're about to dive into part of your word. Father, we know that this isn't just one man following up on some things that were going on. It's not just one man addressing criticism and accusations. It's not just one man sharing very personal things. But Father, this is here in some way for us as well. And Father, I pray that in the weeks ahead, you would take your word and that by the power of your spirit, you would teach us through Paul's letter and that it would impact our beliefs. It would help to perhaps meet some needs that we're experiencing right now. Whatever you have for us, Father, we know that spending this much time in your word is always valuable. And I especially pray that some of these needs that uh, my brothers and sisters have identified with and prayed over, you would use this letter to the Corinthians to in some way meet those needs. That would be our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sarah, worship. 